Well, welcome in everyone to another episode of Scrap the Playbook with me, Hunter Smith. Very excited for this week's episode, bringing on John Simmons. This week, John was a member of the inaugural UTSA football program, and now he is on staff at UT Rio Grande Valley, which is in the process of launching their football program. So he helped start one as a player. Now he's helping as a coach, going to dive into that, as well as his relationship to UT Rio Grande Valley's head coach, Travis Bush. So very excited about this interview. Let's dive on in. All right. Well, I'm excited to welcome in John Simmons, who is the director of football operations and administration for UT Rio Grande Valley. John, you were a part of the inaugural UTSA Roadrunners football program, and now you're essentially at UTRGV doing the same thing, helping them launch their program. So my first question, what's kind of the timeline between now and when y'all officially take the field for uh, your first season? Yeah, good question. Um, timeline is, uh, as of right now, you know, we fired uh, five coaches. This started back in December um, when Coach Bush was hired as the first head football coach. Then we were able to hire a defensive coordinator, Brian Gamble. We hired an offensive line coach, Jeff Bowen, and then hired a defensive backs coach, Adrian McDonald. Um, and we, they, they really, as soon as they were hired, they went out on the road. They started recruiting. They hit over 500 high schools in the state of Texas. Um, and now we're back here in the fall without a football season. And what does football coaches do without a football season on our team? We're really studying. We're preparing. We're trying to find the best possible players to help us um, moving forward and build this program, um, going to high school games. I mean, studying the film of high school um, games, not only games in, for players, but looking at coaches and looking at schemes and how things are evolving in high school. Um, it's so much different getting out of high school um, where you're only studying one or two opponents um, each week. Um, for us, being able to study really the trends of the game, college football, high school football, we're doing a lot of studying right now. And we'll go in towards all the way until uh, December, um, until we start our recruiting official visits. Um, we'll bring guys in and we'll have a signing day in December for early signing day. Those guys will be the class of 2024. And then we'll have their uh, original signing day, which is kind of the national signing day, February 7th. Um, and that'll kind of put together our first initial class, that special class, the founding class of our inaugural class. It'll be a good mix of scholarship guys and a, a good mix of those walk-on guys that are essential. Um, they'll, they'll be um, signed in February, and then they'll, they won't enroll until the fall of 24. Those kids will, will start in 2024 as freshmen. Um, and that, that first class will go through a practice season in 2024. Um, we'll have brand new um, practice fields, one turf and one grass. Um, we'll have a, a kind of a in-between temporary building for them to stage out of right out, outside of our building right now um, that they'll use to um, kind of have a locker room, a tra training room, uh, equipment room for that first season before the Vaqueros Performance Center start uh, starts construction. So then um, go through the practice season. We'll sign another signing class in 2025. That'll be that first uh, class that'll play games in the first year, freshmen. Uh, another extremely important class to us, guys that are going to have to play immediately um, in that first season. They'll come in in that fall of 25, and we'll play uh, a full schedule. Um, we've got a few non-conference games lined up. 
And then we're, we're as of right now, we're lined up to play in the United uh, Conference. And that's um, a brand new established co conference between the, the Western Athletic Conference and the ASUN. They merged for a football only. Um, so we're excited about joining that. And, uh, you know, at that point, when we start in 2025, the, uh, the Vaqueros Performance Center will open up as well. So uh, extremely exciting time for us. I mean, there's so many things um, to be looking forward to. But also the the in between the milestones really is the exciting piece too. Um, not just uh, when those kids come in in the fall, but really creating those relationships with the kids and having them learn their coaches and us being able to show off this great university and this community. Um, the stuff that happens in between those milestones is really what makes the job great and why our coaches are here. So uh, that's why uh, we're excited. But also the milestones um, are something that this university has been uh, kind of looking forward to for a long time and bringing football here. So. So you mentioned the head coach, Travis Bush, he was also on staff uh, the same time you were at UTSA. And for you, what was, what was UTSA's kind of sales pitch? And then what do you expect the pitch that you all will use in terms of attracting recruits? Yeah. I mean, Looking back to that time uh, when, when UTSA recruited me, uh, if you remember, it really wasn't much of a, a pitch. It was, you know, I was trying to go play for, for a Division One school, and I really liked the idea of going to play at UTSA, um, which was close to, to home. Um, and I knew Coach Bush had had a relationship with me when he was at Texas State. Um, so the idea that they didn't have anything, I remember Coach Coker really just selling the vision of like, you know, knowing what the Alamo Dome and a packed environment could look like with the city um, and knowing that, um, you know, the city and community would, would rally behind us as well. We knew that, you know, the vision was realistic. We knew that that you could see what UTSA is doing today isn't a surprise to us. We, we knew it wouldn't happen right away, but we knew we could be part of something special. And there's no difference in the, in the cells today even 13 years later, is that the vision is real. The community support is real. And you can come down here and you can see it. Um, the stadium and the facilities that we build uh, in the future are real. To me, the advantage um, that I see from us and what we're starting now is, one, you have two guys in the building that have done it. You know, One as an offensive coordinator and one as a quarterback. And Jeff Bowen, who was a, a graduate assistant on that staff at UTSA in our first few years, too, who has experience. Um, and you look at Brian Gamble has experience at Incarnate Word and, you know, Adrian McDonald, his experience just working with Coach Bush at the University of Houston and being successful and getting to the NFL. We're all here for a reason. And I think um, knowing that and having that foresight and having some experience with building programs, um, I think that's our advantage. And having an athletic director with a football mindset that also has been able to study the, the, the what UTSA did and what they didn't do in 2010 and 29, uh, 2009, um, I think that helped us. There wasn't a lot of case studies when UTSA was going through building their stuff that were really um, applicable to a Division One startup program in the state of Texas. Um, and for us, it's just such a great example. And those relationships are important. Um, and it's, we're just lucky that we all kind of started it with our perspectives and, and, and the way we did, so. And then as you all are building this program, how much have you really leaned into that time experience at UTSA? And then have you, you know, have you reached out to any other outside coaches and tried to get, uh, try to get their advice? 
Yeah, I mean, of course, we went through that experience. Um, I think Coach Bush says it all the time. Like, he went through that experience for a reason. We weren't sure what the reason was at the time, but, you know, we're thankful for our just our personalities of taking good notes at the time and being mindful of the situation and having relationships with different people to understand what they were going through at that time. That that's kind of what we reflect back on. You know, it's it's easy to look back at itineraries and look back at, you know, recruiting visit plans and what we used to do. And just remember that times have changed so much and the way you can do things and the access to things that you can do. And um, so you have to be creative, but it just goes back to, you know, the time that we had together kind of gave you a feeling, right? And that feeling was one, it was extremely hard to go through that season. Um, so we're looking for players that we know have that mental mindset that can go through it and it can go through the grind. Um, and we're from the coach's perspective as well, it's it's not easy to to coach a season, much less two seasons without playing games. So trying to find coaches who uh, who are one students of the game, want to be able to take a season and really better and hone their craft at coaching. Um, it all plays in itself. So I think just having that perspective of being there, um, it would be difficult. We talk about that too. If we had not been there, a lot of our mindset would be um, your traditional college approach of it needs to be done immediately. The sense of urgency is right now. Um, and, and we kind of have that luxury right now that we can take a step back and really evaluate processes and evaluate how we do things so that when we do start, we can move at full speed and move um, at the sense of urgency college football demands. So um, to me, it, it takes a special person or somebody that has, you know, wired a little different that uh, doesn't need that Saturday afternoon rush um, of adrenaline to keep going every year. For us, we, uh, we enjoy the process. You know, we enjoy that piece of the day-to-day, -day, the details, the mat everything matters. And along the way, those relationships are built, and that's what truly matters. And yeah, when we get student-athletes here, we're going to be 100% committed to winning football games, but we don't. So our priorities are different right now. We're all about, as, as much as we can, promoting our football team so that when we do have it, we have enough allies and support around us that we can be successful. And what were, so what were some of the speed bumps that you all experienced at UTSA that you're either this time around either trying to avoid or at least brace yourself for when they inevitably happen? So many. I think the one I look at and that we're really trying to focus on right now is facilities. Um, it was such a, you know, uh, a headache, right, to, to practice off campus at uh, Ferris Stadium and to not have a locker room. But, you know, recruiting-wise, it was such a disadvantage to us to not have just a facility to, to show people to at UTSA. I remember um, you specifically telling me um, about the locker room and how you wouldn't show recruits the exactly. locker room because it was viewed as this would actually hurt us. Yeah, I think that's, you know, some of that is kind of like, hey, you know, we were just starting. We kind of developed that mindset of like, you know, we don't need anything. We're just starting. We need to kind of be tough and, you know, just like everybody should, you know, you should start out by earning everything that you get. Um, I think uh, back then, you know, looking back, I can't even imagine the recruiting challenges that that was with everybody trying to build facilities back then at that time. So for us, um, and, and can you imagine like a new football program coming in and the university or the athletic department dropping 
60, 70 million dollars to this fund football facilities just like that, you know, when you've got the basketball teams, the volleyball teams, um, you've got soccer teams who are thinking like, hey, wait a second, we haven't had a new facility in years. What about our locker room? What about this? So you create a lot of animosity between the athletes, um, you know, just human nature wise. So I think what's truly incredible, if you're tracking what's going on here at the Rio Grande Valley, like at our school, Chase Conk, our athletic director and his team um, are currently part of like an $80 million construction project. And every sport right now is going through some sort of facelift, some sort of construction, or even a, a completely new upgraded to their facilities currently right now um, before the VPC center even breaks ground. So I think that's what's special is the vision, uh, the foresight, uh, honestly, the, just the fundraising and, and the excitement that's around here um, to do it that way that every other sport can, can receive what they deserve. They've been here, they've showed success, they've built this university's athletic program. Um, they deserve um, to be rewarded for that and Chase sees that, and I, I think that's truly, um, it's one thing that he's learned from UTSA, certainly, I would imagine, but also uh, it takes a special leader to, to do that, and to, uh, I know those other coaches have to appreciate that as well, so uh, I know that once we uh, finish our facilities, you'll look up, and they'll be one of the best in, in FCS in the state of Texas because of the planning and the facilities, um, that we've done over the last few years to make sure that all of the areas have been addressed, not just football. Well, and I think as we we've seen just throughout college football is when a football team has success, there's a trickle down effect. All of the other programs are able to kind of benefit from that as well. It, it's yeah, you're absolutely right. It, it, but it's in this case, you got to take a step back and it's almost got to be uh, the opposite approach. You got to take it right. as like, well, we will, and there'll be a time just like UTSA, right? Where football is, runs that university and football is the front porch of that university. And they're a top 25 team nationally. And that happens um, over time. And I think it would be selfish and, and really just arrogant of us to come in as a football staff in the next year or so. And, and demand that type of attention uh, because it, one, it happens naturally in the state of Texas that football uh, demands that type of, uh, you know, attention. audience. Yeah, attention, I think. Um, but for us, like, we're just so thankful that this university gave us a chance to come in and do this. Um, and we know, you know, if we can have some success here, what it'll do for every other sport. Um, and they know that too. And they're so excited about us coming in. You know, the head coaches and the athletes have been great. Um, there's no, there's no uh, animosity. There's, it's really, it's one of those that everyone can't, can't wait to be out there in that first game because, you know, they've seen that their, their other, you know, friends or whatever going off to other schools going to football games and how cool and how exciting that is and what it does to a university. So it's cool to be part of it from this early on, you know, we're really starting to see people's minds and the culture starting to shift into a, we can be a football school and we can really make this something special here on campus. And um, it was the same transition that was going on at UTSA at that time too. So. So when UTSA started its program, you had Larry Coker national championship winning coach yeah. really kind of, it, it's a, it's a big, it was a big name to give the program some sort of notoriety coach Bush. He's a guy who has, 
gotten some support from Jeff Trailer at UTSA. Gary Patterson has commented and spoken highly of him. So has Tom Herman. How much do you feel like that really benefits you all in these early stages as you as you try to make some noise and, and get your name out there to have a coach that, hey, these other coaches that have had a lot of success, they believe in this guy? Absolutely. I mean, uh, regardless of what um, what other people say about him, I'm not sure he really cares about that. I know he truly respects those people you mentioned, um, but that's one thing that I admire about Coach Bush is that he's going to be himself regardless of, of really what other people think. I know it was one of Chase's, uh, you know, priorities to find a head coach that would help, you know, name recognition that could help Valley the Valley as he has put out there. Um, and yeah, it, between Coach Bush's experience. Um, and what he's done in college athletics and then what you saw him do as a high school head coach building programs, his connection to the Rio Grande Valley is unique because his dad was a, you know, is a Hall of Fame high school head coach down here. Uh, his mom grew up down here. His wife grew up down here. So it's in a lot of ways like this is home for him. Um, he's always recruited the Valley. And I don't think that there's another nationally well-known coach that truly understands the Valley. And I think that's a big piece of it is being able to connect with with this special group down here. And um, it's just one of those things that uh, they can see as, you know, they can see Coach Bush as one of their own. And I think that helps us be able to sell this program nationally. You know, that's that's not necessarily a focus of ours. Um, you know, state-wise, Coach Bush within the Texas high school coaches is one of the most respected coaches there is. Um, and yeah, as we build this program, I think people will start to realize like his ability and gift to, to build programs, like I said, uh, to be a leader of men, to build the program, to have a good culture and uh, to do it the right way. And that's what, um, you know, to me is the, the best quality of Coach Bush and those coaches like Coach Patterson, uh, you know, coaches that he's worked with in the past. Um, they've recognized that about him. And I certainly have as a player and now as a, a colleague of his. So to me, um, I think his name recognition is what it is, but also it's it's only going to continue to grow as we we build this thing the way he, he sees it. Now, John, just touch on a little bit more about your relationship with Coach Bush, because not only was he your offensive coordinator when you were at UTSA, but he goes on to become the head coach at Canyon High School. You ultimately join his staff at the middle school level. But talk a little bit about that time and experience, especially since you grew up in New Braunfels Unicorn and now you're coaching at your rival high school. I joined that staff at Canyon because I truly believed from the outside looking in, they were the most college run high school program in the area. Coach Bush had done such a good job of mimicking a college program with the official visits in high school, with home visits, with um, tracking all the community service hours, with the uniform combinations, the recruiting middle school kids to go to high school. Like other people kind of looked at it like, yeah, he's doing too much. Like he's, you know, no, it's, it's only too much if it doesn't work. It's only exactly. too much if it doesn't work. And they went, and it was like you can tell these guys are going to be pretty good. And I joined that middle school staff uh, as the coordinator. You could tell they were energized and they were part of it. And I came in as like, hey, I know what Coach Bush expects. I know what he wants to do. I understand what his culture is about. Um, and I'm here as the middle school coordinator to help advance that. And that's it. Uh, little did I know, little did I know, and honestly, I told those guys at Canyon Middle School, I want to be here. This is what I want to do. I, uh, 
I don't see me going anywhere as Coach Bush is the guy I want to continue to follow. Uh, they had had a lot of turnover at that school coordinator like four years in a row, and I just didn't want to be that next coach. I just was promoted to the high school and left those guys hanging. So kind of made a promise to them, like, I'm going to be here. You know, don't don't think I'm just going to bounce or I'm going to use this as a stepping stone. And, uh, yeah, we go 9-1 and one that season. Our quarterback was, to me, one of the best in the state. And he had a twin brother who was just incredible as well. And we get bounced in the first round by Georgetown, which was a surprise to all of us. But again, you know, we beat New Braunfels in the worst bowl. You know, lost I bet that stung a little bit for you. Sure, but I was in the press box wearing red, like, heck yeah, man, I'm undefeated in the worst bowl. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, just what an amazing season that was. Little did I know that, you know, uh, right after that season, because of that season and because of Coach Bush's success and what he could do building programs, he was offered the job at UTRTV and uh, it was really just a few weeks after he had taken the job that he called me and asked if I wanted to uh, to be a part of this. He knew the experience I had brought from my time at UTSA and my time at Rice and the trust he had in me. I think at that time it was just him and I, and it was it was a no-brainer, you know, for me. Like, man, what an opportunity! Um, it was really really hard to tell those guys at Canyon Middle School, but you know, you're a middle school coach and you tell those middle school kids, hey, I'm leaving to go be a college director of football operations and maybe in six years i'll recruit you and you can play exactly. college football. and like you have a head start on all these kids because i know you you know and like to them they were just fired up to some of them they thought i was going back to play college football they had no idea like they don't understand <laughs> like oh well you don't even have a team how are you going to work for a team oh you're you're going to play for the team no i'm just i'm just going i mean how many how many years team. of eligibility do you have left do you have any left <laughs> Dude, technically maybe one, but no, I have zero, zero years. Ah. Uh, you know how many people ask, uh, like around here, they always tell us they have like one more play left in them. I got one more play coach. You, you put me in and it's like, okay. Yeah. There's so many stories you could share about like, uh, people wanting to be part of the team and they're like 80 years old. Well, of <laughs> They've course. Been <laughs> you know, I, I am convinced that the reason that historically New Braunfels is kind of dominated Canyon is because whenever Canyon gets a solid coach, a yeah. college just comes in and swoops him up. It happened That's with Bush. Point. It happened with Brad Wright. That's it's a good probably going to happen again. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully Nate, I think Nate is a true and true. Right? He's a high school coach. He is an un, un, amazing leader um, and good for that community. So for, for Canyon high school, I hope he stays. So you were at Rice for about, six seasons um, before going into the middle school, high school coaching ranks now back in college football. But what did you learn at Rice that you hope to really apply here at UT Rio Grande Valley? That's a, that's a good question. Um, and it's, it's um, you know, I, the analogy I would use is, is like, uh, Hunter, what did you learn in medical school that is going to help you uh, perform this surgery? <laughs> It's like there's, there's just so many different things that I feel like uh, we do. Uh, I constantly remind myself, it's like, oh, that's why I was put in that situation at Rice. I didn't know why at Rice I, I was dealing with this or why I was really involved in this certain thing, um, this this aspect of our program. But now here at UTRGV, where I have my hand in really everything as we speak and, um, you know, 
it's like, oh yeah, that relationship where I'd have the video coordinator in my office and we would talk about his job and we'd talk about how he did it and the different processes and, and what his workflows were to get his job done. Like me just being curious and listening to him. Uh, and that, that was throughout my span at Rice and the people that I interacted and worked with, um, those people kind of have, you know, rubbed off on me at least and, and the way they do things and their processes. So to me, I just kind of follow those as we speak today. But uh, more importantly than just the day-to-day -day workflow of that, like what Coach Bailiff taught me in terms of treating people um, and taking care of people um, and making sure that relationships were at the center of everything, um, that's something that, you know, to me is, is stuck with me and who I am today. But to me is, uh, is a valuable lesson that I think Coach Bailiff is um, it's who he is, is what he's done his whole career with athletes, with coaching staff. I uh, just was lucky that he uh, chose me to be on his staff at a young age. And then, you know, there's there's Coach Bloomgren who really um, challenged me to be a, a leader within an organization at a young age and, and trusted me to do a lot of things within the program that uh, I had really no experience doing. You just pick up and you learn. And he gave me that freedom and that responsibility. And I use that now um, as, as really just that that fear of failure is gone. It's just go out there and attack the job, go out there and get it done. However that looks, you're not going to you know, always be successful. You might not always get it done uh, the way you thought it would, um, but go out there with some confidence and, and show yourself and show these other people that like, we got to get things done. And he gave me that confidence of just, you know, I trust you go do it. And with coach Bush, it's different. Uh, neither one of those coaches I've mentioned earlier uh, at Rice, had coached me before or I knew me as a player and, and that's what's different about coach Bush he can uh, there's just that trust level between him and I that uh he see me work he see me you know I played for him I've paired and, and meetings and scouting reports and all the things so he knows and I worked for him at the middle school for for a certain amount of time and I think that's different that we have prior history and, and knowledge about each other and the way we work that allows us to kind of do our job um, and and not have to, hey, coach, is this okay? Hey, coach, are you okay with this? And just trust each other so we can get a lot more done. Um, and that's a good feeling too. Um, so yeah, what I learned at Rice, everything. But, you know, again, I, 20, 2018 when I left Rice, right? So just think about all the things that have changed since then and with COVID and with transfers. And, you know, you could just say the name Coach Sanders and that would change college football and like, and that's just been since I started in college football again. So, like, to me, uh, yeah, you learn so many different things. But, again, the thing that sticks with me is just treating people right in relationships and getting everybody to uh, to just uh, feel part of the team and feel part of, you know, what you're building and, and feel part of, you know, everyone has a role and they're all special. You know, that's something Coach Bailiff taught me. John Simmons, Director of Football Operations and Administration for UT Rio Grande Valley. John, thank you so much for coming on with me today and catching up. Yeah, man, it's great to hear from you and uh, look forward to uh, getting back on with you once we have some team and give you an update. <laughs>